0: Welcome back to Talking True Crime. I'm Mark Williams-Thomas and I'm here live on the scene at St Michael's on Wire. Behind me is the River Wire. There was significant news yesterday in relation to the ongoing search. 21 days since Nicola Bulley vanished. This is the press conference where they talk about it.
1: As soon as she was reported missing, following the information that was provided to the police by her partner Paul, and based on a number of specific vulnerabilities that we were made aware of, Nicola was graded as high risk. That is normal in a missing person from investigation with the information we were in possession of. So that
0: was the first time that we knew that Nicola Billy was a high risk missing person. Really important when someone is reported missing for the police to categorize that as quickly as possible. Because of course, the first few hours are really significant in any investigation including a missing person case. The superintendent, uh, as well as the assistant chief constable, talked in terms of her being reported and the fact that they brought in specialist teams very, very quickly. They searched the area and they were specifically focused on the fact that she was a high-risk missing person. As a result of that, they announced that information yesterday. Following that, of course, it created speculation, particularly amongst the journalists in the room. And I'm sure against many of you, home who have followed this story asking the very specific question how is it that she was deemed vulnerable this is the superintendent's response to the questions
1: okay so firstly to cover the information about Paul it's normal in any missing person investigation that um, you obviously gather as much information at every stage about the person in question which is no different and we did that with Paul I'm not going to go into the details of those individual vulnerabilities I've asked you to respect The family who are going through unimaginable pain and distress at this moment, but those vulnerabilities based our decision making in terms of um, grading Nicola as high risk, and have continued to form part of my investigation throughout.
0: So that was a senior investigating officer giving their press conference yesterday morning. Quite a hurried press conference, uh, which for the very first time saw the senior investigating officer as well as the Assistant Chief Constable Peter Lawson, giving that overview of the investigation. For the very first time, as I just said, we heard that Nicola was a high-risk missing person. That led to the questions being asked. And as a result of that, still, people were left with the view, what was it that caused her to be a high-risk missing person? Indeed, yesterday, I spoke to the police and I said to the police, why is it that I'm being given information that the police, the emergency services attended that property in the weeks prior to it. They said, we'll try and find the answers and get back to you. Later on, a number of hours later, they scrambled a press release. That press release was finally released last night. And I will tell you what they said. Over the last 48 hours, I've been in contact with the police and family. I continue to raise concern about the information. And their response back, bear with me, Every yes- early yesterday, Sorry, here we go. Sadly, it is clear from speaking to Paul and the family that Nicola has in the past suffered with some significant issues with alcohol, which were brought on by her ongoing struggles with the menopause and that these struggles had surfaced over recent months. This caused some real challenges for Paul and the family. As a result of those issues, a response car staffed by both police and health professionals attended a report of concern for welfare at Nicola's home address on January No one has been arrested in relation to this incident, but it is being investigated. They went on and said it's an unusual step for them to take to go to this level of detail about someone's private life, but we feel it was important to prevent further speculation and misinterpretation. We have explained to Nicola's family why we have released this information and we have asked them, ask you for privacy for the family to be respected at this difficult time. I know my contact with the family last night is that they are devastated. They are in a really difficult position now. You know, not only are they facing the torment and the turmoil of Nicola missing, but now they've had to deal with her family life being revealed. The question's being asked now by the public, rightfully so, and of course in the media, is why? Why now have the police taken the decision to release that information? And I have to say, I'm critical of it. I'm Chris Glowick because they should have dealt with this right on day one. We should have been notified that this was a high risk missing person. And just given a brief amount of context in terms of why that is. They didn't need to go into the detail that they've gone into now, but just giving it so that we had understanding of why Nicola went. Three weeks on to release this piece of information because questions being put to the police just showed that they had really a lack of control as far as the media goes, a very unclear strategy as far as reporting to the press. And of course, in the meantime, the speculation that was allowed to grow through social media, through everybody growing interest in this story, and of course, crucially, the fact that people didn't know what happened. The torment now sits with the family. And I know Peter Folding, a good friend of mine, spent some time with the family when he was up here. Let's watch this clip of Peter with the family.
2: Well, I was with Paul and the um... Nicholas' sister, and, um, you know, husband today and obviously extremely sad and upset. And, and Paul wanted to have a look at the potential entry point, you know, where the phone was found. And um, I took him along, and and that was quite emotional, to be honest with you. You know, he's in tears. It's it's not a it's not a nice thing to do to sit with a sort of a a grieving family. Really, it's mm-hmm. it's quite upsetting, and I had to sort of hold back the tears a bit. At some stage, it was not it was not particularly not a thing i enjoy doing but unfortunately i have to do it quite a lot um and we we chatted he was about here about four hours with me today uh because we we completed our searches so we were just generally chatting about things and you know about nicola and everything else and obviously that's that's personal thing but uh yeah we're just trying to get to the bottom of everything
0: so let's look at the circumstances there are three options in terms of what's happened to Nicola. First is that she turned up on that day having walked with Willow and she decided to go into the water either by choice or by accident and as a result of that she then lost her life in the water. I'll pick that up, unpick that a little bit more in due course. The second option is that she chose to go for a walk and then she placed the phone, she placed the harness and she left Willow and she went away. Making her own choice, her own, her own decision, whatever was going on in her life, she decided that that moment in time she needed to move on. Or the third option, and of course the most sinister option, is that there was a third party involved. The police were very quick to rule that out. And of course at the time, they had the information that she was a vulnerable missing person. And clearly that led to their focus on the river, on the water, with the intention of course or the thought process that she'd gone into the water let me unpick that so going back to that exact location where the bench is and where the water is in order for her to have gone into the water at that point she would had to have gone down a relatively steep bank you can see the bench there and just to the side of that bench is a steep bank that takes you down to the waterfront at the bottom of where that river is there is a small area of rocks. So initially you land on lo- rocks, and then beyond that, you can see there from the pictures, takes you into the middle of the river. The river in that middle area is about three meters deep. So if she'd have got into the middle there, she could well have suffered, you know, uh, st- she would have struggled most probably in terms of potentially swimming. But we do know she is a good swimmer. So how is it that she ended up in that water, in the middle of the water, because surely she would have gone down the edge of the bank and stayed where the initial water was, a very shallow area covered by rocks. That is the police's theory that she went into the water there. Why do they think that? Well, very clearly because of where the phone and the dog were. Let me recap. The police information is, is that on that morning, she was on a mobile phone talking on a team's course. They have her sighted around about 10 past nine in the top field. She then moves down from the top field and around about 20 past nine, they have her phone in the locality of that bench. Then around about half past nine, she's still connected to the team's call that she was talking to. And the phone was found face up on the bench. That phone during the course of her call, the team's call, she didn't speak. And she didn't have the video on so there was no audio and no video connected that phone was found on that park bench and then between the park bench and the water we're not sure exactly where but potentially on the river bank because that is what paul has said is that that is where the dog's harness willow's harness was found and that was handed to him the dog was free the dog was running loose between the area of the park the area of the bench the river and an area which is a gate there is you can just probably see to the slightly to the right see if we can find a picture jody just to the right of that there is a a gate a, a silver metal gate which opens on a swing so it's like a kissing gate and that stops the dog from traveling further so the dog was confined within this area so had and let's use this as an example had Nicola returned on the route that she came on which is down a path it's just to the right of that bench you can see you can't unfortunately see it but just to the right of that bench is where the gate is had Nicola returned on the path that she came on there is no CCTV so when the police say that we do not believe she left the area There's no certainty in that at all because she could have left the area on exactly the same route that she walked on. And I'm here and I've walked that route. And in order to come away from where the park bench is, which is just behind where my arm is, she walks along this path just in front of me and along. And then there's a footbridge that she walked on when she came on the walk. She wouldn't have been seen by CCTV and she could quite easily have disappeared up there without being seen by anybody at all. Jodie, let's just take a quick break. Uh, Jodie, is there any questions?
3: Yeah, hi there, Mark. Um, So I I think one of the big popular questions that are being discussed right now is um, should the police have released details about her vulnerabilities? What's your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I think it's a really difficult one because, of course, if Nicola is still alive and it's a big if, then she will be aware of this and she'll be aware now that her public information has been put into the public domain. I think the problem is is the manner in which it was released if the police had been very open from day one and said, look, there is some vulnerability, she's a high risk missing person. And that happens all the time. You know, there are high risk missing people whose information is put into the public domain because the public are the eyes and the ears of the police. And there's no long term Im- impact on those people because they're already receiving you know, the support and the help. It gives an understanding, It allows people to contextualize quite why she has gone missing. We all have issues in our life at certain stages, whether that becomes a drug dependency, whether that becomes alcohol, whether that becomes depression. That's the fact of life. That's the reality of the the brain. The brain is a complex thing. And as a result of that, we all have struggles. I've had struggles. You know, people, close friends, we all have struggles. But we mustn't let that overrule what's taking place now. She's still missing I do believe that police got their strategy wrong. Put the information out right at the very beginning. Say she's a high risk missing person. Give a little bit of understanding of what that meant. She's struggling at the moment. She's going through the menopause. She's got some, some issues in terms of depression, mental health, but she's getting the support. She's loved by her family. Get Paul onto the television. Get Paul to do a press conference alongside the police and say, we're really struggling the family. We're here to support her. We want her home. Get that embraced element so that the public see Nicola for the real person and Paul is talking to them. The police did not want Paul to do a press conference. They didn't want Paul to appear in front of the camera. Totally wrong strategy. And now it's backfired.
3: What else, Jody? Um, So we've had a number of questions come in, obviously. People can ask um, their questions in the uh, comment section by hashtag AskMark. And um, this one's from Lottie. Uh, what would be your plan of action now if you were the SIO, a senior investigating officer on this case? So I think now we're
0: very clearly in two strategies. You know, the hypothesis that the police had that she fell in the water at the point of the bench behind me there was their focus. And I can understand that to a degree. And I say to a degree because the reality is, in order for her to have gone into the water there, She would have had to have got to a position where she died. Now how is that possible? Well she could have gone into the middle of the water and obviously got a a reaction in relation to how cold it was and then passed out but if that had happened and you can see it's just where in front of where um, Peter and uh, Paul are looking there, if that had happened her body would have sunk to the bottom and within a matter of hours The police divers were searching that area, and they have been back and searched that area. So her body would have been found there. But if it wasn't there, what is the likelihood of of, of her body traveling downstream? And you can see behind me where there is a flow. And that is where the major problem exists. Because in order to do that, not only would her body have to have negotiated two bends and an area in the middle of the river, which has got some undergrowth. But also, and this is the most significant, Would have had to have just moving in the right way. So you can see behind me is the weir. That is a weir to which you have to get a body over. Now bodies don't float on the water surface, they float underneath while obviously some part of the body exposed over the top. So they had to have got to the weir and then got over the top of the weir and then having got over the top of the weir, they would have then had to have got across the rocks. Traveled down here to a bend that is 90 degrees. Got to a bend that is 90 degrees. And as that 90 degrees would then have to have then traveled round the bend 90 degrees. On that day, the water was 11 centimeters high. We know that because of the records say that. So 11 centimeters higher. So in order to travel down here, she would have got the tidal element of it stops at the weir. And we know from tidal movements is that had she traveled down here, the chances are that Tidal would have brought her back up again to some degree. So the problem I have with this is that in order to have travelled this distance, she had to have not only gone over two major obstacles, but also travelled round bends.
3: Jodie. So we've actually got a bit of a follow up question here um, from Luke D uh, on YouTube. Um, If you were the SIO, again, sort of same question, what would you have done differently from the outset?
0: I think I'd have been very clear to the public, I'd have said to them, this is a high risk missing person. And as a result of that, you know, we are urging people, does anybody know, has anybody seen her on that day? Please come forward. You know, we're looking at the aspects of her vulnerability. And as a result of that, uh, you know, please, we're encouraging some support rather than just simply close it down and say, you know, we've ruled out all the other hypotheses. You still need the other ones. You still need to consider all three. You just need to be able to be very clear that actually, We've got to focus and this is why we've got to focus. You get much more of an understanding from the public, but also the criticism wouldn't sit with the family. You wouldn't be three weeks on now, suddenly in a position where the family are having to try and get, well, apparently now gone into hiding effectively because of the situation that developed yesterday, which was all of the pieces making. Let's be very clear, this was all of the pieces making. They tried to coordinate it completely. They got it wrong. What did they expect yesterday? and they said she was a high risk missing person. Did they expect no one was gonna ask those questions and try and get some clarity? And then the information they've released, I think is far more than they needed to release. They just needed to be very clear that this is someone who was struggling with issues in their life. The investigation is separate to the media strategy. The investigation I think has been very positive in many ways. Every investigation we can look in hindsight and be critical of, but I think the investigation has been good. I think they've failed to coordinate it from a media strategy. In a world that we live in where there's 24-hour news and social media has a huge impact, you need to address those, some of those issues and you need to be working with the family. You need to talk to the family and say, listen, the backlash from this could be significant. We need to say this. We need to show that Nicola you know, has struggles in her life, has difficult issues and get the public to totally understand. I think Nicola left this area in one way or another she either left the area further downstream in the water so not at the the bench but further downstream where it is tidal or she's still in this area having moved away and sadly you know her own self to move on with life those are the two strong views for me i rule out quite rightly so i think where the police are are the third party involvement i think those two first theories are the most likely journey
3: So um, uh, thank you, everyone, for bringing in their questions into the comments section. Some great um, comments coming through, and some great questions for Mark. Um, uh, There's a couple here on the same sort of um, line. Um, So this one's from Kay Caller. Was Paul aware they were going to give details about her vulnerabilities? And Susan Lowe, just adding a little bit here. Did the family know the police plan to make the announcement regarding her vulnerabilities at the press conference? What's your thoughts on that, Mark?
0: So the family were a kept involved. There was a long meeting the day before yesterday where the police met with Paul and talked to Paul and gave him a bit of an update with what was going on. They were caught very much on the hoof yesterday uh, when it came to the fact that they were gonna release more information. They talked to them about what was going on uh, and you know, the fact that obviously at some stage, maybe this information get, would get out. But I think they were confident that actually it wouldn't. I don't know why it shows a naivety from the press office. I spoke to the press office and and there was some understanding of some acknowledgement that they got things wrong and they were trying to put things right three weeks down the road with their media strategy, which is why we saw the Assistant Chief Constable and the SIO come out yesterday at talk. I think the problem is, is that this has played itself out in the media it's played itself out in the public because it's become fascinating the public want to know answers and understandably so in this in this world of the crime genre which everyone's an armchair detective at home everybody wants to know what's going on i can totally understand that and the police really have to wake up lancashire police be a big learning curve for them and other police forces to understand that actually do you know what there is two aspects of a criminal investigation nowadays or missing person investigation. And that is the way that it's conducted behind the scenes and the way that it's conducted in front of the scenes. And they both have to work together. But crucially, what's visible in front of the scenes also has to be done in a way that it's protecting the family. And I feel very sorry for them this morning because I think the police have done them real injustice. I think as a direct result of the way they've handled this, that's created greater pressure for the family and it's caused more torment for them torment that they shouldn't have to be living with when the bottom line is is that Nicolette is not here she's vanished where is she that's what could should be the most important question not why are they releasing all this information there are people coming out saying you know she's been there's victim blaming i don't believe that i think what's happened is that there's right that this information put out there but they've done it in the wrong way and it doesn't take a lot to look at it if you've got experience from working in the media it doesn't take a look a lot to look at it and go strategy change it get it different put that information out be totally transparent and open and it will cause you far less problems down the road
3: brilliant um i just wanted to do, actually there's a great comment here uh, from nico this is more of a statement um the public are part of the investigation in the sense they represent tens of thousands of pairs of eyes in that area what's sort of your thoughts on 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 that yeah.
0: Spot on, spot on. You know, a man of times I've said that the public are the eyes and the ears of the police. The police pull the jigsaw puzzle together. They use their experience. They've also got contacts and they've also got access to material. In a world that we live in where technology rules our lives, you know, that creates a footprint. You know, where was the mobile phone? Who's been communicated on the mobile phone? Where Where have they been in terms of, you know, cars because of obviously analytics in terms of cars where have they been on the computer all of those things is a footprint and that of course is really important and only the police have access to that but what the public do is they provide direct information who has she spoken to recently what is her state of mind who has she been in contact with public who have they seen who have they talked to you know particularly in an area like this which is frequented by dog walkers it's beautiful here you know, those people will see her. And therefore the public are the eyes and ears. They give the information to the police, the police pull that together and create the jigsaw puzzle and ultimately solve the case. So the public are absolutely vital. You need to keep them on side, but also you need to work with the family. The family have grown more and more frustrated as time goes on. And let's be clear, I've worked on so many missing persons and murder cases mainly now in terms of reviewing those murder cases to see if I can find new evidence, the suspects, and develop the case. And you've been very successful in doing that. But what is really important is that you you don't want to alienate the family. You need to communicate with the family. And you need to be in a position where you are giving them the right information. The problem is, is family are suddenly put into a world they've never been in before. They're suddenly in the media spotlight. They're dealing with trauma torment unanswered questions so they look to you for help you being the police and if the police strategy is wrong in terms of care then it all falls down because they are entirely reliant on the police to support them in an area where they think they will know what they're doing as far as a media strategy goes they've got it wrong what we've now got to go back to is you know what whatever the background of nicola whatever was going on in her life she's still missing and there are people out there who can help because she's gone somewhere she hasn't simply vanished so is she in the water in which case her body will turn up at some stage is she on land somewhere and hopefully as people walk out as it gets more and more warm people will find her if that's the case and of course if she's moved on to move on her own life with whatever's going on then she'll have contact with people Those three things exist, and the people that will solve that is the public.
3: Jodie. Brilliant. Um, I just want to bring in a a couple of questions here, and thank you, everyone, for leaving them uh, down below. There's been some great stuff um, come through. You can ask your own, hashtag Ask Mark. Um, This one's from Nicole H. Um, What did you think of the communication style um, of the press conference um, and the tone in the press conference? Um, They're saying they found it unpleasant. Um, And just adding on to that question, this one's from Jerry Edmonds. Um, do you think Paul should now do his own statement and press conference now, uh, and obviously sending love to the family there um, as well? So, yeah, uh, what, what's your thoughts on those two points?
0: I thought the press conference were far more professional. I, I like the fact that the Assistant Chief Constable came out there and set out, from a very senior officer's point of view, the seriousness of this case and the impact that it's had on the community, the you know, policing style. I think in terms of the senior investigating officer, she's, you know, she's clearly qualified, she's been for a very long time and investigated very serious cases it's always a difficult one because it's about getting that balance right in terms of coming across professional but also coming across in in, in an emotional and engaged way And, and that's a very difficult challenge and some people don't always rise to that challenge some people just don't have it on them they can be quite cold it doesn't make them bad actually at the end of the day is it important to us whether or not that person that's leading the investigation comes across in a very sympathetic and heartful way? Or is it more important that they're very good at doing their job, albeit their communication and their, you know, their humanity element is perhaps not on the same level as some other people? So I don't want to be critical. I think she she came across in a very professional way. I think that they misunderstood what the impact was going to be of saying that this was a high-risk missing person, totally miscalculated that. Uh, so I, I was much more impressed with their press conference. They were clearer. That was what's most important, is that the Superintendent Riley, who'd become the face of the media, she'd say things and then she'd say something that, that differed from what she said previously. And that causes problems because people hang on detail. And if you're not entirely clear on detail, people were looking and go, well, actually, that's not exactly what you said. What did frustrate me yesterday was the SIO, the superintendent, was being a little bit critical about people jumping to conclusion, people coming up with ideas and theories, people suggesting that the police had said this. Well, a lot of it was because you had said that. You had been unclear in the terms of the way you'd said something. Rather than saying, we have three hypotheses, we're focused on all of them, but at this present moment in time, we're particularly focused on her going in the river. That's not what they said. What they said and what it came across as was that we have one main working hypothesis is that she's gone into water okay the 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 detail is this very similar but the way that it's put across has a massive difference in understanding and meaning and that is what they got wrong and as a result of that we're now in a position where they came to a press conference being critical of everybody else having a go at them when actually they needed to reflect a little bit and go do you know what We got some of that wrong. We were unclear in some of the detail and the nuances of the way that it came across. And that's our fault. And they should have been more honest. But the problem is, is how many senior investigating officers, how many police officers would stand there, how many members of the, you know, in working life, how many people would stand there and go, do you know what? I made a mistake. I got that slightly wrong, but I want to put it right. And to be fair to the police, when I spoke with them in detail, the police said, we did get some things wrong. We have made some mistakes here. We're going to try and put that right. I hear what you're saying, Mark. and A lot of what you've been saying, we totally agree with. And of course, at the end of the day, it now puts Paul in a position of, where is he? He's really supporting the police. He's very much behind the police. The police have said, don't talk to the media. Keep quiet. But there is a position where we can see there now, Peter is walking with Paul and the family agent officer, the person in the tie behind the back, and this is, you know, Peter, you're having some real details, showing them what the work that he's done. One of the questions that was just asked was, what about Paul now? Should he do a press conference? I think he should. I think Paul should come out, supported by the rest of the family, Emma, the, yeah, the best friend, whoever it is, I think they should come out and they should say, do you know what, Nicola's life recently has been difficult. It's been a challenge. It's been a challenge for her, but let's not focus on that. Let's focus on finding her. We all have challenges in our life. Open his heart. And if he opens his heart and he's very clear, I think publicly we'll all get behind him. Jodie, I'm conscious of the fact that I'm very cold here. And also the fact that, uh, you know, let's move on. Let's deal with a couple more final questions. Is there anything else?
3: Yeah, so I think there's a really great question here, actually, just to to cap us off and and, uh, cap off the podcast. And and just to remind everyone to uh, obviously subscribe to True Crime News Quest. We've been covering this case um, uh, fully. We've had some great insight from you, Mark. So um, remember to uh, subscribe if you're watching us on on YouTube. Um, So this one's on Lottie, the the, the final one to cap us off today. Um, The the police hinted yesterday they are still resourcing this fully, uh, but might scale down. What happens then?
0: Yeah, I don't think we're far away now. The Assistant Chief Constable has to, your know, sad reality is, you know, public resources are limited. You know, policing resources are limited. You know, there's a, it, all of this costs money and huge amounts of money. So the police will have to be in a position where very shortly they say, Do you know, we have to scale back. There are police officers walking around here you know, throughout the whole of yesterday there's a lot of police officers here the helicopter was up here yesterday and we can see from those photographs the, the, the video there that actually that search still continues in the wider element they've now searched all the way down to the to the sea so and the inquiries are still ongoing the police officers said yesterday that there are still 40 detectives still working on that I think within the next seven days we'll see a huge scaling back of this and of course they will still continue to investigate but those resources that have currently been applied to it will massively shrink and we'll see a much smaller investigation. Let's draw this to a close. The position is is that Nicola Burley is still missing. We had revelations yesterday in terms of her private life and I think we have to really put that into context. This is a person who was struggling, who was struggling with elements of her life as we all do at time and that caused her to be impacted on by certain other elements, whether that be drink, drugs, you know, depression has a huge impact in our life. But she had the support. She had the support of a loved one. She had the support of family. And she clearly was getting support to some degree because there was a police call to her address where police turned up with a uh, mental health workers in the car. She was clearly getting that support. What we need now is to get behind Nicola her family, Paul, the two kids, and the rest of the uh, other families and friends, and support them. Let's not be critical of them. You know, The critical element is not for now. She was going through a difficult time in her life, as we all do, but she's missing, and she's missing in a way that we need to bring her home to her family. Her family are desperate for answers. They put their faith in the police, and I totally understand that. The police have failed in many ways. They failed certainly in their media strategy. But behind the scenes, they're doing a good job. They're working really hard. They're cutting down every single avenue to close those avenues down, to get to a point where where could she possibly be? What we now need is the public. As the days get warmer, the public will ultimately find Nicola. There may be somebody out there who holds that vital clue. I don't know. But I do know from all the investigation I've done here and the communication I've had with the family and I've had with the police is I do not believe she went into the water by that bridge. And let's just deal with one thing. You know, those people who are being critical, saying, you know, it's wrong. Why are you out there talking about it? There's been criticism for those people online. You know, those those armchair detectives come out. I've got years of experience, not just as a police officer, but since then. New murder investigations, I've investigated some of the biggest cases and filed, found new evidence where police haven't been able to do that. I've brought that into the public domain and as a direct result of many of my investigations, people get prosecuted. That's why I've come here. I came here specifically to help the family. I've been in contact with Paul, I've been in contact with Emma and I've spoken to them in detail. They are the people that we need to focus on. They're the people that we need to support. Let's pull together Let's not forget Nicola. Let's keep doing all we can to try and find her. Thank you so much for joining me. We'll keep you updated. Do follow us either on our social media platforms, which is TikTok on Instagram, or follow us on our YouTube channel. Thank you. Look after yourself and have a good rest of the day.